you're here and we're excited about what the Lord's got in store for us tonight I've been allowing the guys to preach since they haven't been able to do any Sunday school or anything like that I thought we got to keep these guys in practice and I don't know what we're going to do but I'll tell you one thing they've been knocking it out of the park let me tell you and uh, I know you know that too but uh, I appreciate them and I appreciate just their willingness to step in and do that and boy every time they get in the pulpit I'm excited because I'm looking forward to what I'm going to get and, uh, boy, the last, uh, I don't know, three, four weeks have just been like, wow. And I, I, not that the others haven't been good, but I just specifically, those last couple of three, four weeks have just really, really been spot on. And I appreciate it. So, anyway, Brother Josh is going to come. He's going to preach tonight. And I'll see you in just a few moments. All right. Glad to have the opportunity to speak to live human beings. It's been quite interesting for sure. I mean... Singing, preaching to an empty auditorium is a weird thing. It's kind of odd. It really is. I'll still scan the crowd, and every once in a while in the mid-song, mid mid-message, I'll think, what am I doing? <laughs> Who am I looking at right now? I'm picturing you right where you're at right now. I see all of you. 
Oh, man, it's a blessing to be here. And what a beautiful day. Oh, I love the fact that our offices have absolutely no windows. So it was about 4 o'clock when I realized it was a beautiful day. But when I got outside, man, wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad to be here tonight, and I believe that you are too. If you have your Bible, I hope you have your Bible. you have your Bibles, hold them up. Let me see them. Hold your Bibles up. Yes, there we go. There it is. That's what it's all about. Go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Someone ready for a sword drill? I couldn't hear someone was saying something. Draw, yeah. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to look at a couple of characters in the Bible here. Um, A couple of gentlemen who uh, really stick out. You know, I could say this about just about any one of them. They're in the scriptures. You go through the Bible, you start reading about Daniel. I talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Man, awesome guy. You talk about a guy by the name of David and the stories that you could go and tell about David in the Bible. Got one here in Paul. Uh, He's mentioned a couple of times in the New Testament. Uh, He's in there a little bit. He is something else. The Apostle Paul. Uh, Another one we see here. uh, Timothy. We'll take a look at a couple of these Bible characters tonight, see what we can learn from them. I'm going to read the first two verses here to kick things off. The Bible says... 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I read down through this book of the Bible... And really, quite frankly, just about anything that the Apostle Paul is talking about, he's talking about Jesus, Jesus Christ. He's mentioning the gospel. He brings it up a number of times in the, uh, the few verses just down below what I just read here. And you read through the New Testament, he brings up the gospel on a number of occasions, that good news. I am so thankful for what Jesus Christ did for us on that cross. Died, was buried rose again that third day. We serve a risen Savior, and that risen Savior is where we get life today, the life that the Apostle Paul is talking about. The Apostle Paul is someone that we can look to as an example. We talk about different examples. I look, I, I scan the crowd even now, and, I, and I'm looking at men and women that I can see or I have looked to for years and years as examples. And you are faithfully in your place tonight. Talk about how awkward and weird it's been over the last few months not being able to be here in church where we want to be. Sunday mornings, I'm thankful we were able to gather on Sunday mornings. This Sunday night, no, we weren't doing that Wednesday nights. And here we are, and I see all the beautiful faces gathered this evening. And I'm encouraged by the many examples that have been there for me along the way. An example is someone, is not just someone, I should say, that, that preaches it. In word only. The Apostle Paul was an example not just in word but in action. He lived this life. He preached with fervor. He he preached with compassion. But he was courageous and bold. He lived. He lived this life. Not only preaching it to mass gatherings. But living it every single day. 
That was the Apostle Paul. That's why he had the authority to write these letters. He lived it. This is who he was, the Apostle Paul. I see in these first couple of verses here, reading them one more time, making a few points, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy. Writing to Timothy. He wanted to pass this on. He wanted to pass this lifestyle. He wanted to pass his loves and convictions on to another generation. And I stand here right now asking, are there any? And believe me, you can, well, I'll just say it right now. When I'm talking about the Apostle Paul, when I'm talking about an example, this evening I will be talking about male or female. Because we need the older to teach the younger. That's what we need. And are there any Apostle Pauls here tonight? I'm not asking you to raise your hand. But one thing we are running short on in America today are some Apostle Pauls. Some examples who will stick with it. Stay faithful to this book. Oh, it's heartbreaking. I can think back to years ago, not that awfully long ago, I think back to... Days in the youth group, and I would go to different youth rallies, and I'd listen to preachers preach. I went to Bible college, and some of those preachers would preach in some of our chapel services. And can I say, actually, I'm sad to say tonight that some of those preachers are no longer around. Oh, they're here. Don't misunderstand me. They're still alive, but they have forsaken the book that they preached and stood by all those years. That breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. Are there any Pauls in the room this evening? I have another question. I read his name, found him in verse number two. Are there any Timothys? You see the Apostle Paul in verse number, verse number three, I thank God whom I serve. We see a thankful heart. We see a servant's heart. From my forefathers with pure conscience... That without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. As a Timothy, you know what I want? From that man or that woman that I look up to, I, I covet, I desire, I long for your prayers. What can you do for me? You say, I've gotten a bit older. I can't do what I once was able to do. Please pray for me. Pray for that next generation. We need your prayers. And the apostle Paul, what did he tell us to do? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, there's something he told us to do without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And here he is, not just preaching it, speaking, this is what he does. This is who he is. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers, night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Do we have any Timothys in the room who are going to take the mantle? Oh, I've been reading through the Old Testament and I read of Elijah and then Elisha coming after him. Are there any... Are there, any Timothys, are there any Elishas in the room willing to pick up, to take up that mantle, say, I will do it, I will stand for the cause of Christ. It's not a popular thing. 
It's not a popular stance that you take, young person. And where the breakdown is, I don't really know. What's the age? When, when you stop being a Timothy and become a Paul, I don't really know what the age is, if there's specifically an age. But the Apostle Paul mentored this young man, a son in the faith. Are there any Apostle Pauls in the room, going back and forth between the two? Say, you know what, I think so. You know what, the Apostle Paul saw a number of souls saved. It wasn't just one day he said, you know what? I'm going to be a leader. You know what? I think everyone needs to look at me as this great man of God. No, it didn't happen that way. Soul after soul after soul, message after message after message, faithful year after faithful year serving God, it happened. And here's Timothy, he says, that right there. Paul, that's a man of God. Where have we gone in our society, a young people, a young nation here that says, I don't care what the old generation does. I don't care how they used to do it. We've got our own ways. We've got technology. Timothy, male, female, this evening, we need to look to the Apostle Paul's in the room. There are some examples here. There are some great men and women of God, I believe, in this very room. Examples that we can look to. Now, in verse number 6, the Apostle Paul, he begins speaking here, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. I want to focus for just a moment. I'm going to tell a couple of stories here on this word remember. Remember, very, very important. When I think back, when I reflect on how good God is, what he's done for me, that's something that stirs me. Now, here I believe the Apostle Paul is speaking when he says, stirs me up, or he's using this phrase, as he says it specifically, that thou stir up the gift of God I don't think he's specifically only speaking of an emotion inside that says, mm, let's go do it, mm, let's go soul winning, mm, let's go preach the gospel. Inside, we can get there. You listen to a good message. You watch an inspirational video on YouTube and you're ready to go work out. And five minutes later, that's gone. <laughs> Emotionally, we're ready to go, let's do this. And that's about as far as it goes. The Apostle Paul wasn't just trying to get Young Timothy fired up for a second inside. Something that would lead to action. And when I think about, when I remember my story, my testimony, a testimony is given here, spoken of in the Lord Jesus Christ, I think of my testimony. There are three specific days I want to talk about in my life. And I won't spend much time here. Don't have much time. I'm going to go quick. But I'm going to tie this into the story to what we're reading here in 2 Timothy. Before I do, let's open up this message with a word of prayer. Lord, we come to you, and we thank you for your goodness, your grace, and mercy in our lives. I am so grateful for the opportunity that we have as a church family to gather this evening. Lord, it's been a long time coming, and we've been looking forward to this day here on a Wednesday night to be able to gather as a church family, gathered around your word. Lord, I pray 
that you help me, God, to say what you would have me to say. Nothing more, nothing less. Father, you would fill me with your Holy Spirit's power. Give me strength from above, Lord. I need you. I'm wasting my time up here telling stories, speaking vain words. Lord, that I would give you the honor and glory for everything that is said and done tonight. Father, that you would work in my heart in the hearts and lives of everyone that has gathered this evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Three days that altered, that changed my life. I, I'm going to tell my story, but I really want you to think of, reflect on, remember your story. Day number one, first day, the day I was born. No, 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 I'm not going that far back. I don't remember that one. <laughs> day number one, the first day, day, the day of my salvation. You remember that day? Think of the details surrounding that day. Perhaps some of the things leading up to that day, that event, that wonderful event in your life, the day of your, the day of my salvation. Kind of broken up just a little bit to get to that day. I was five years old. Five years old, it was nap time. There I was in bed. A good boy, as I was told. Go to bed! And I went to bed. Laying in bed. I was. Mr. Green doesn't believe me. I was in bed. I could see the eye. I was there in bed, and you know what? I was rolling back and forth. You know, I am thankful. The Apostle Paul speaks of it. This godly heritage. What Timothy had. Mom, grandmother. He, a spiritual father, advisor, leader in his life. And can I say I am thankful and grateful for those in my life. Not just the examples here. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about a mom and a dad. I'm talking about grandparents and aunts and uncles that have, that have been there, been faithful throughout the years, that taught me in Sunday school, that taught me at home. I grew up in church. I grew up around the Bible. Five years old, I knew I knew. I went to Sunday school. I heard the, the lessons at home, family devos. I needed to be saved. And that day at five years old, during nap time, I called and asked Jesus to save me from my sins. I knew that I was a sinner. I asked Jesus to save me. It was wonderful. Can I tell you, though, it was broken up in this because it was here. Not necessarily a bad thing. At five years old, I knew what I needed to do. I had heard the Sunday school lesson. I listened to mommy and daddy talk during devotions at home. I knew that I was a sinner. I knew I needed to be saved, and I would call and ask Jesus to save me. But something happened. I was not lying to the entire world, but at the age of nine, it went from here to here. I wasn't trying to bamboozle the entire church. Got him. No, I really thought I was saved. People ask me up until that point, I'd say, I'm saved. I, accept, I asked Jesus to come into my life and to save me from my sins. But something happened at nine years old. There was something different. It wasn't just a head knowledge. There was something big going on in that nine-year-old heart. Sitting in the service, I was going crazy. My heart was going to pound, beat right out of my chest. I knew that I needed to be saved. I don't know what it was. I don't know why I did it, but I did not get saved. I think it was pride. 
I've been telling people for the last four years, at nine years old, I'm saying, I've been telling people for four years that I'm saved, and I go forward and tell them I'm going to get saved. What are they going to think? I've been lying to them all this time. Thoughts that go through my mind. But driving home, I was scared to death because I knew I was not saved. God was saying, you need to accept me as your personal Lord and Savior. And it was a heartfelt need that I had. Two weeks this went on. Finally, oh, I was scared to death every single day. I woke up, I was afraid, I I couldn't get it off my mind. For two solid weeks, as a nine-year-old, that's how prideful I was. I didn't want people to think I was a liar. Finally, I couldn't take it anymore, and I had to go forward, and I went forward, and I told my dad, I said, Dad, I need to be saved. And of course, with open arms, took me down to that altar and showed me from the Bible how I could be saved. The day of my salvation. Do you remember the day of your salvation? Do you remember that day? Have you gotten over it? Have you forgotten it? Does it still stir you up? Does it still get you excited and fired up? It does me. Salvation. First day, salvation, what a day that was. Second day. The second day, I could span a a, a number of years now, taking me later into my teen years, and it takes me to camp. Takes me to church camp on a Thursday night. Something I had been fighting for years and years. You see, I had been saved. I was saved at the age of nine. I wanted to be a preacher like my dad. There was a whole bunch of things I wanted to do. But I just wasn't sure what I was going to do. And you know, you hit about 12 or 13 years old and everyone starts asking, what are you going to do with your life? And I have no idea. I don't really care. I'm just going to go outside and play. I'm going to ramp my bike over, over all my brothers and sisters and have fun. That's all I'm doing right now. Years go on and you continue to be asked that similar question. What are you going to do with your life? You going to college? I hope not. (laughs) I don't know. But I had some ideas of what I'd like to do. But I was worried that my desires would get in the way of what God wanted to do. So I was on guard a little bit. When I'd, go, when I'd go to the service and I'd listen to my dad preach, or when I'd go to camp and I'd listen to these preachers preach, and people were making decisions and my friends were going down and getting saved, they were going down and surrendering their life to the, to the Lord, they were being called to preach and go into the mission field, and I, nothing. What's going on? I was worried. This was an important day for me. It was a Thursday night, and I went to camp this year a little hard. I was worried, I was afraid, I didn't want to make a mistake. But to my detriment, I kind of crawled into a little shell. And I really didn't want God to speak to me because I didn't want to make a mistake. I didn't want to mess up. And on that Thursday night, this was the second day, changed my life. It was the day I surrendered to God. I had not made a decision as to what I was going to do with my life. But I said, God... This right here, this life, Josh O'Donnell is yours. Whatever you want to do. I'm done thinking about it. I'm done worrying about it. If you want me to go to the mission field, I'm going to the mission field. If you want me to preach, I'm going to preach here in America. If you want me to go work in a cubicle somewhere, I'm doing it. Whatever you want me to do, God. Can I tell you? There was a big weight that was lifted from my shoulders when I, when I trusted Christ as Lord and Savior. But just behind that was that day, surrendering to whatever God wanted for me. 
Can I tell you, I believe there are some men and women, maybe some boys and girls, teenagers in here tonight, that have never had that day. Surrender to exactly what God wants for you to do. And you have, the thing is, you have no idea what that is yet. But you're okay with that because God is able to take care of you. God is able to meet your needs. God knows what you need. We can say that, we can preach that, but on that altar or in my chair that Thursday night at camp, it was a totally different thing, knowing this is it. And I'm telling you, number three, day number three, third day in my life that just completely transformed, changed my life. It never would have happened if I didn't have day number two. If I would have never have surrendered to the will of God, surrendered to whatever it was that God wanted for me, I would not have, I believe with all my heart, I wouldn't have had a day number three. Day number three took place at youth conference. Remember, I told you all of my friends, they'd walk the altars, and it seemed that every, I'm exaggerating, but that's the way I saw it in the moment. All of my friends are surrendering to a specific calling and exactly what God has for them. They're all going to be preachers and missionaries and whatever. I got nothing. What am I going to do? It was just a few weeks later when I finally surrendered to God's will, to his plan and purpose for my life. Day number three came the calling. I found out. I finally found out what God wanted me to do. He said, I want you to preach. I wanted to preach, but I was scared. Is this my desire? Is this God's will? He said, I want you to preach. And can I tell you what a day that was? I remember standing there, and we were in a great big auditorium, massive auditorium, one of the biggest auditoriums I had ever been in, thousands and thousands of people. And we were at the top on this last day of the conference, way at the top of the balcony, and, you know, I could hardly see down front with something inside. At the, I couldn't even tell you today what the preacher preached on. But something inside said, Josh, he's calling for preacher boys down there on that stage, and that's what you're going to do. You're going to preach. You were going to preach. I didn't know what that meant exactly, but he says, you are going to preach. And I knew that I needed to walk all the way down and around and over and under and all kinds of places to get to that stage. And I stood on that stage and I glared up. I looked up to where I was sitting and I saw my dad. There he was. And I said, whoa, I'm going to be a preacher like my dad. That day never would have happened if I would have failed to surrender to whatever God wanted for me. Are you willing to give yourself to God tonight? It's a Wednesday night, the best of the best. You're preaching to the choir. Are you willing to give your life to God tonight? The Apostle Paul was an amazing example. Everywhere he went... I'm, just read, we, 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 we read through the book of Acts. We, we had an, a class in Acts, the college students and I. You go chapter by chapter and story by story. The apostle Paul, every chance he got, everywhere he went, he was preaching the good news, giving the gospel. And God blessed him. And I say that because God did. But on the outside looking in, the apostle Paul went through some difficult times in his life. Actually, 
And specifically speaking, as he sends this letter of encouragement to young Timothy here, where is he writing this letter of encouragement? From prison. The Apostle Paul, blessed by God, a great man of God. And here he is writing this letter in prison. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy. My dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. From prison. From prison. Yet with peace, joy. He says it just a few verses later. The Apostle Paul, what an example. And I ask again, do we have any Pauls in the room? Someone who has given their life completely, solely, wholly to God. Are there any Pauls in the room? That's a tough question. I get it. Are there any Timothys? Perhaps there is someone here tonight. I don't care if you're young or old. It doesn't matter. Male, female, it doesn't matter. God's speaking to you tonight. He has something for you, and you don't know what that is. But still, there are reservations, and you're holding back. Perhaps, and I hope and pray that everyone in the room has had that day of salvation. Has everyone in the room had that day of complete surrender? Surrender to God? Exactly what God wants for you and your family? You see, that only gets a little older, and I can say that today. I can imagine how it could get a little older now that I've got a wife and, and a little baby girl. People relying upon me, and now, now i got to be very careful with my life because it's not just my life. I'm not just affecting me and mine, but, but there's others involved. And perhaps there's someone, there's a gentleman here tonight, you've got a family already. You say, I'm not at teen camp. I'm not by myself. I'm not just some teenager here. I'm a little older now. But you feel God has something for you. Are you willing to surrender to exactly what God has for you today? Or are you going to hold back? I just want to know, what do you have for me, God? He's just waiting for you to give him everything. And then he'll begin to reveal parts and pieces to this plan along the way. Reading a book, The Life of Oswald Chambers. Talk about a man of God. Just amazed at some of the quotes and the things that I'm finding in this book. He says, listen, you know what? God's ways to us here on earth, can be a bit confusing at times. But God never is. We get so lost in circumstance. We get so lost in our day-to-day -day lives. We go, what's going on, God? I don't get it. I don't understand. But he's looking from a different vantage point, And we must trust him. We must rely upon him. He knows what's happening in your life. He knows what's coming tomorrow. He knew it was coming last week. He knew you would be here today. Will we trust him? Will you surrender? I feel bad because I've been talking a lot, telling a lot of stories, and I haven't been reading through the scriptures very much. Because this here, this is what it's all about. 
And I read down through, and you're, you're hard-pressed to go chapter by chapter in the Word of God without finding a specific word here. Going down through the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 1, he's calling for a remembrance. Timothy, remember who you are, where you came from. Remember how good you've got it. God is so good. Chapter number 2, he kind of gives an idea. See, chapter 2 Timothy, I should say, is more so dealing with Timothy in his private life, his personal life, personal behavior, if you will. And we can take note from this in chapter 2. Chapter 2, I'll just summarize the chapter, the entire chapter, these 26 verses. He tells him to be strong, single-minded, a soldier of Jesus Christ. He says, strive and stay faithful. Be willing to suffer. Make sure you study you should be set apart, sanctified, and serving the Lord. That's what he's calling for, young Timothy. Do these words describe the Apostle Paul? Yes, they do. He's not just preaching. He's not simply teaching. He's living this life. And this is, again, what gives him the authority Am I strong? Am I single-minded? Am I a soldier of Jesus Christ? Am I striving today for Christ, for good, for his glory? Am I faithful? Am I willing to suffer? Do I study the word of God? Am I set apart? Am I sanctified? Am I serving Jesus Christ today? And you can look at chapter 2 as well and evaluate your personal life. Is that you? Is that me today? Summarizing here, 2 Timothy chapter 1, chapter 2, what we just dealt with, and look at chapter 3 really quick. Let's take a look at chapter 3, the first couple of verses. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Mm. Yeah, you're right. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Hold on a second. This, to me, this list here seems to better describe where we're at today. Unfortunately. Without natural affection, verse number three, truce breakers, false accusers, Incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such, turn away. Timothy, are you in the room tonight? Which list describes me? Which list describes you? says, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Truth. Chapter 4. Chapter 4 and verse number 2. What does he tell him to do? He says, preach the word. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, 
But after their own lust shall heap, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Folks, that's where we're at today. No, settle down, preacher. I don't want to hear that. You know, the come-as-you-are mentality in the churches across America today. Yeah, we read about them. Read about them in there in verse, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, chapter 3. I just, the one word comes to mind, unholy. 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 Where are we at today, church? Where am I at? I say, can I be one day a Paul? The example? You say, I want to be a Paul. I'm a Paul today. I want to ask the room. No raise of hands. What did you get? I'm asking myself. What did you get out of your Bible this morning that you can give to someone else today? I don't have the specific statistics in front of me right now, but I've looked it up before, and I don't want to give you wrong, and the numbers change almost daily. But listen, when I looked a couple of years ago, there was a very, very small percentage of Christians that read their Bible. We need some Apostle Pauls today. It's going to be in that book. Read this book. Learn it. Study it. What does it say? We love this verse. We know this verse. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Truth. This is what we need. No, I don't need my ears tickled, preacher. That's what we're looking for. We need the truth. That's what our homes need. That's what our marriages need. That's what our children need. That's what our teenagers need. We need it today. From youngest to oldest, we need the truth. And I am thankful that I am a member of Community Baptist Temple where Pastor Mark O'Donnell, on a regular basis, service in and service out, preaches this book, the Bible. Thy word is truth. Truth is necessary. Absolutely essential. We need this book. We put that ceiling in downstairs behind the nurseries. Cody and Josh and myself. I think back. I didn't do a lot of this, but you can take a look at the ceiling right here, this drop ceiling. You see the grid going opposite directions here. And it's fun to put in ceiling. We put in a lot of it around here. You go through the building, you see the different drop ceilings in the, in the building. We put it up. You know what? If it was all crooked, going side to side, wouldn't look very pretty. Wouldn't be very nice. A lot of people would be very upset. Like, What's going on? It's driving me crazy. It would drive me crazy. It's all crooked. I can't stand that. I'm constantly shaking. It's a little bit like that. I couldn't take it. We're down there putting the ceiling in. What do you do? got a point on this end of the room, the center of the room. you got a point on this room, the center of the room right here. Through a laser right down the center. There's little slots at the top of the grid. You can't see it, but they're there. And you run this slot right down that center line. And each new piece of main that's running through, as you see them crossing, there's a little space that needs to line up right down that laser line. Every new main has to be lined up right on that line. If it's not, 
You're going to get this crooked, wavy all over the place. We don't want that. You know, the temptation early on in the process, Brother Brad and I did a lot of them. What you do is you just look down the line, and as you're going, you squint, you close one eye, (laughs) tilt your head, you go, I don't need that laser. That'll do. Does that look good to you, Brad? Yeah, it looks good. Keep going. (laughs) By the time you get done with that room, you look back and you go, what in the world? Oh, no. And then Brother Kavanaugh comes in and says, tear it all down. (laughs) Start over. No! So you take your time and you do it right. And every single main drops right on that laser line. And when you get done, you don't have to tilt your head, close one eye. It's spot on. Because you lined it up on that laser. Many of us Christians are just looking back Closing one eye, tilting our head, hoping for the best in this life. We don't need to worry about it. Talk about pressure, unnecessary pressure. God's laid it all right here. He says, just line it up right down the laser line and you'll be fine. This book, the Bible, truth. Stand on it. Stand by it. Stick with it. Stay with it. This book, the Bible, is what we need. That's what the Apostle Paul preached. And Timothy listened. Do we have any Apostle Pauls in here tonight? Are there any Timothys that are listening up? Servants, obedient, ready, willing, surrendered. Father, we come to you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are what you've done in our lives. We sometimes, Lord, are very ungrateful people. We have so much to be thankful for. And I pray that tonight, if we do nothing else, we'd be willing just to stop for a second and say thank you for who you are and what you've done. Perhaps, Lord, there is someone in the room that has never had that day number one, salvation. I pray that tonight would be their night, that they realize their need for you, Savior and Lord. Lord, maybe there's someone in the room that has never completely, fully surrendered to what you have for them, whatever that may mean. Lord, tonight can be that night, and that weight, just like mine, could roll smoothly, simply right off their back. Father, perhaps you're working on a heart tonight and you've been working on a specific calling. Lord, that that person would give themselves completely to you no matter the cost. As the Apostle Paul was faithful, as he was a servant, he gave himself to you and was used in a great and mighty way. Lord, we here at Community Baptist Temple want to be used in a great and mighty way. I pray that you could use this church to do mighty things here in America, do mighty things here where you have us in Akron, Ohio. Lord, we need you. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed, let's all stand.